This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We will hear from Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy in just a little bit. But Texas A&M has a new coach. It's just not the first new coach that they were going to get because everybody got super mad. Gig them. <laughs> yes. That is, I guess that is correct. Whoop. If you don't like them. That is correct. I went to Midnight Yell this year versus Louisiana Monroe. Let's or, go to screen practice. I appreciate that. You called it that. Is, Was he a coordinator for y'all at some point? Yes. Just a couple of years ago. This one will work out. Yeah. <laughs> I think com- A&M does work. I have great. complete failure in texas a&m as a football program they've tried everything on did you just say you have complete failure yeah it's i think the term is complete faith mike right no nope. he's okay, right. he the opposite it's of the that. opposite okay yeah. whatever right, they do they went and got a national champion in yep. jimbo fisher horrible they went and got a guy that had um, made his mark somewhat in texas and i'm sorry i'm drawing a blank he had the big adidas commercial the black guy who was kevin, kevin sumlin? sumlin kevin sumlin sucked like it just, and they had their moments. He was, but I'm with I you. I understand. He he was. I thought that was the best that program had been in a while. But then they but, fell I mean, apart. They, they yeah, did fall it's just, apart. And yeah. he lost every quarterback. Right, every quarterback committed to A and M while he was there because they also had in Coach Bro, and that all fell apart. Mm-hmm. It just they've done every. They've tried every which way. Let's bring in a guy who really knows the state of Texas, who's going to recruit well in the state of Texas, and Kevin Sumlin, and because he, he was at Houston right before, yes. and did great there, and went to Central Florida. Is that right? Like, or maybe afterwards. I can't remember. But anyway, they've done everything. They've tried everything since uh, who is the old guy, the white-haired guy in the 80s and 90s who was good at it. You're, why are you looking at me? You know, Ana- no, don't Slocum. tell him. Okay, my bad. You know I'm never going to come up I with it. I wanted to see what his right. name was we'll going to be. here until McCarthy comes on to do his stupid <laughs> press conference. <laughs> oh, it's great, oh my gosh. It's great it's press conference. It's going to be amazing. Press conference. Um, <laughs> And I was just like, ever since R.C. Slocum, because right, he would he would lose two to three games a year, but every year he'd win about ten games. Yeah. And they're like, this isn't good enough. Ever since he left, they can't get the next. They can't even get the next R.C. Slocum. So, Mark Stoops was going to take the job, and depending on who you believe, Stupa Loop. Now he said he was never going to take the job. His actual tweet that he sent out at midnight. I know there's been much speculation about me and my job situation the last couple days. It's true, I was contacted about a potential opportunity this weekend, but after celebrating a big win against our rivals with players, I love, like family, I knew in my heart I couldn't leave the University of Kentucky right now. That's great. Now, the other part of the story is people will tell you that he was telling everybody that he was leaving for Texas A&M until the Texas A&M booster and fan base got super mad about it in the span of three hours. Because he was talking about it? No, because they were like, he's not good enough. Well, I mean, like Mike said, they've done a really good job so far. 
Yeah, look. <laughs> Who he's knows a, if this is the right guy or wrong guy? Yeah, he's making know. nine million a year. He's probably gonna be wrong at Kentucky. Yeah, and maybe he would have wanted we to make. We could have paid way more than that million. for yeah. failure. Uh, but the I I think this is interesting with Mike Elko because Duke was okay, right? Like they're not they're not uh, in the in the playoff. Sure, but I mean for Duke and for Duke yeah. it's good. Like I think they were what nine and four. They're nine and four right now. Seven and seven and four last or something along those lines. And they're fine. I just, I think it's interesting because this dude does have a really interesting background of of really good places that are underdog football football teams. He got the job because, by the way, before he got there, Duke was five and eighteen in the previous two seasons, and then they followed it up with nine and four. And right now, they're seven and five. Okay, there you so, go. That's what I thought. Yeah. So they went from. You know, five and eighteen to sixteen and nine in those two years, and that's great. Make no mistake about it. That's not why Texas A&M hired him. They hired him because everybody loved the job that he did with the defense. Because when he came in, he was the defensive coordinator, I believe, for four years from two thousand eighteen yeah. to two thousand twenty-one. Is he turned that defense around? Ooh, right now we got Mike McCarthy. Maybe he'll right. talk about the defense on one hundred five three. The fan. Well, I think just like anything, you start the personnel. So, you know, it's a little bit of an uncommon opponent, but, um, you know, their play style has been pretty consistent uh, through uh, Pete's tenure up there. So, you know, the way they play, um, you know, it starts up front. And, you know, they're, they're a little different scheme um, than they've been in the past. So it's, it's an excellent defense. Comparable to anyone you faced this year as far as their approach? Um, well, a little bit like ours. I mean, it's. There's a lot of characteristics uh, that carry over to really training camp for us. Quite so far, we'll start the telegram. Um, the challenge of DK Metcalf. What, what does he present for your corners? I mean, he's uh, you know he's got it all. He's got the you know he's got the size, the strength, you know the vertical presence, speed to finish it. Um, super competitive. You know he's he's top notch. Uh, Mike Todd with ESPN. Uh, Damone Clark, since he's moved into the latent role. How, how do you feel that he's done, and, and what what room does he have left to grow? I think just like anything, I mean, you know, you look at the added responsibility, I think the communication uh, between Dan himself has, has been, you know, been very good throughout the week and, you know, how it applies, you know, on game day, you know. So, um, you know, I, I think anything like not having JK in there, you know, there's so he's, he's, he's worked in some different scenarios. I think the, the, the opportunities to, you know, to play outside if you know if Micah goes down inside, so I, I think he's done a really nice job, um, you know, not adjusting, but you know, with the added responsibility. So, uh, Demo's just a young player that he's just going to get better and better every time he lines up. Uh, John Mashota, the Athletic, um, with Pete Carroll, you guys have obviously faced off several times in your head coaching career. Is there anything that, like every time that you face him, you know that you're going to get this thing? Does anything stand out to you? Uh, I, I respect what the you know what their play style, how they play. I, I think that's consistent. I think when you look at coaches that have coached a long time, you know the, you, your your teams, um, you know, have an identity that are that is pretty consistent. In your time there, and and you know, and with you know Pete's background being a defensive you know coach, you know, as far as the way they play, you know, the importance of the run game, you know, I, I think they're definitely doing. Some unusual things from a formation standpoint, you know, that'll challenge you uh, during the course of the week in the prep. Uh, but it's it's gonna you know it's gonna start with running the football, you know, stopping the run, 
Um, so yeah, I, I think those are things that have been consistent throughout his career. Here, Podell, CBS Sports. Mike, your team hasn't allowed a 100-yard rusher this year. What are the challenges of facing Kenneth Walker in their run games? Well, their run game, I think, too, not, not just with Kenneth. I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're going to roll some backs through there. And, um, and, and what I will say is they all run with the same temperament. You know, I, I think even some of the courses that they use, you know, the, the downhill approach, you know, just whether it's either the tight inside zone and the gun. Uh, but, yeah, this is, I mean, it's this, the, they will challenge our run defense. So it's, it's definitely a focal point for us. Hey, Dave Lockberg, Cowboys Radio. Um, the, the league is kind of trending the younger coaches. And obviously, Pete Carroll, 72, you just had a milestone birthday. We'll just call it a milestone. Uh, did you like to see older coaches like this? I mean, Jim Schwartz is having great success. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go, old guys. Hell yeah. I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah. I think it's a, uh, you know, just a testament to Pete and, you know, uh, he's done it for a long time. He's done it at a high level. So, yeah, I, I guess I, I never thought much about it, but I'll root for you old guys. So, yeah, definitely. Do you envision yourself in 72 still coaching? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I'm hopeful with grandkids by then. I'll temper my enthusiasm to be here every day with you wonderful people. So. <laughs> God, we're... Alvin Watkins, Dallas Morning News. How much will uh, Curse do today? Well, I look for him to do the majority of it. Uh, so, yeah, um, he, I, he took half the reps yesterday. So I think he'll, we'll increase his reps. Uh, to Damone, he seems to be a really mature kid. How much oh, yeah. impact you when you Absolutely. Yeah, very mature, very very professional, uh, very hardworking, very dil very diligent. You know, I, I think if anything, you know, once, um, you know, anything new, just, you know, he's going to attack it 100%. But, no, he, he's definitely wired the right way. And, has a skill set that, you know, he has a lot of growth in front of him, too. Nick, Nick Eatman, With Deron Bland and all that, you know, it's easy to get caught up with the interceptions and the records and all that. He still seems like he plays within the scheme. He doesn't He doesn't try to get too greedy with things. Is that something that, that you've noticed? Is that something easy? Yes, I, I think the best thing I could say about Deron, a number of things you can say, but he has been extremely consistent and mature. Uh, since he since he arrived here, you know he, he's uh, on top of it. Uh, you know his 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 preparation for a young guy has always been top notch. Yeah, so he's the same person every day. Very humble personality. Um, so yeah, he he's definitely gonna do it the right way. Fire. Being back at home, Gladys um, What he's done is amazing. Return of a touchdown. He's also got third leading tackle. Can you talk about his physicality? How important that is. With a guy like that, make up. Yeah, definitely, and I think it's you know just an illustration too with what Dan and the defensive staff have you know have made such a priority. Tackling was a huge priority for us, you know, coming out of you know run defense and tackling, and you know was was a major major emphasis, and uh, you know we, we cranked it up, you know the best we could there in training camp, and, and Duran's an excellent example of that. You no, know, he's very detailed, um, you know, plays plays the leverage. You know, I think he does a really good job of playing to the help, you know. So, yeah, he's definitely an excellent tackle. Is that unique for, for a lot of corners to intercept the ball or cover corners and not necessarily guys you who, who are physical and impressive? Is that unique for guys? That... Uh, you're stereotyping. So you can pick that battle if you want with all the great corners that cover in the National Football League. No, but I, no, I, I mean, hey, I think it's like a lot of things. It's, uh, it's, it's how defenses fit together, you know. You get what you emphasize, and you know. And I think as a team, you know, the, the players have really done a great job buying into the fundamentals and 
and things like that. But you know, we, you know, we, we know people are going to try to attack us, run defense first, and, and tackling is an important part of that. Mike Edwarder, ESPN, you guys lead the NFL in scoring offense, Dak's playing at an extremely high level. What role has the offensive line and the consistency you've created there? Uh, what, role, what kind of factor has that been in this whole? Well, I think we all understand it starts up front, and and on. I think, you know, these are questions that really, you know, this conversation has been going on since training camp. Uh, I, I think just, you know, our guys really didn't have the opportunity. It happens, you know, it happens every year at some position, and and it's just part of this game. Um, but they really didn't have the opportunity to to get the you know the reps together. And I, I think once they were able to get those reps, I, I think you're you know now starting to see the consistency and the efficiency, but. It all starts up front, whether you're throwing it or, or running it. So, and the you know, importance of running it to, to set up the action pass game is is something I think is you know it has improved here in the last month. But yes, they, they deserve a lot of credit for our offensive success. Jacob did more than ticket. Now that you've done it both ways, do you prefer having this Thursday night football appearance happen right after Thanksgiving, or would you prefer it to happen at a different time during the year? Um. Well, you're referring to last year's schedule, correct? Um, I, I'd prefer to have Thursday night early in the season and then Thanksgiving. You know, because you remember last year we had Thanksgiving and then two weeks later we were on Thursday night, and that, that, that was a challenge. So it's you know it's really, you know, you really stressed at two, two spots, you know, as opposed to just one. So I mean, it's a challenge, but hey, the other other teams are going through it too. So it's all part of it. Yes. Jess Mars, Pro Football Network coach, can you talk about Tony Pollard's pass pro and specifically the emphasis he's put in that aspect of his game starting from early this season? Yeah, Tony's been awesome, and, and I think Rico and the, and the younger guys have followed his his lead there. Um, number one, the responsibility of what we ask our, our backs to do in pass protection is is increased, and those guys have knocked it out of the park. I mean, the recognition, anticipation, but the, the technique of it, you know, I think he's done a great job. So very, very impressed with our pass pro so far. Todd. Mike, was, was there a moment last year or during this offseason with Jake where you said, okay, this guy can be a, a hand in the dirt tight end and as well as a guy that can get down the seams? Oh, I think Jake is, you know, I think you saw that you saw that early. I mean, his instinct, uh, I think his instinct and awareness as a rookie was probably his, his best attribute. Um, you know, he just, you know, he had a, you know, like a lot of these guys that come in the league, it's, uh, you know, some guys have a pro body before others. You know, he, he was you know in the two forties last year, and I, and I think that you know that weighed on him. You know, near the end of the year. So, I just think you're seeing a natural you know maturation of you know his strength, his conditioning. Uh, but I, I've always been impressed with his instinct to play. You know, on the ball, off the ball, and and it, particularly in the inside routes. And is that the instinct they talk about? Is that being from a football family? Oh, yeah, that's all. It's Barry. It's, it's Coach Alvarez, of course. But uh, no, I think it. Definitely, Jake's definitely high in, you know, football IQ and instinct and awareness. I think he definitely can contribute that to his upbringing. Mike, when you guys identify a free agent player like Shaq Leonard that you're interested in and decide to bring him in, what's your role in the middle of the season as the head coach in, in recruiting that player and trying to close the deal? Well, I think just like you know, everything timing is part of it. Uh, but you know, we we definitely have a process and, and you know, and that's in place. And you know, anytime we come across these. These type of opportunities. So, what do you do specifically to try to convince that player? I'm part of the process that's in place that we, when we deal with these things at this time of year. 
There you go, Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Wanker of the Weekend, 877-881-1053. Who was the best at being the worst? Tell us. We'll tell you next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Andrew Majapani in there on the four check. Can't get to the puck. And now it bounces by Nikita Zadorov. Here comes Jamie Bannon. He drops it. And Wyatt Johnston shoots and scores. One shot. One goal, and Wyatt Johnston makes it one nothing. Stars. Positive Ross rocking with us today as the Stars got trounced. But get, that's <laughs> happening to everything right now, Kevin. They gave up four goals in the third period loss to the Flames. It is time for Wanker of the Weekend, 877-881-1053. Who was the best at being the worst this weekend is... Wyatt Johnson had two goals for the Stars, but as we referenced, they gave up four goals in the third period, including one to Blake Coleman from Plano, and they lost 7-4. to four. Will the Stars ever win a game again is the question. I'll say yes. And also... I know this is amazing to me, and it shouldn't be. When you say from Plano, it's amazing to me that there are people that end up being NHL hockey players from this area because because you feel like you feel like they they grow up playing a sport they become that and if Kevin and I covered a lot of high school hockey it just doesn't feel like hockey town USA I know that's Detroit Plano area Mike where the the palatial estates are yeah, uh, is, sounds like it. Uh, it. It is a it. There is a group of hockey. Where the nannies go for work, that right? They invest in au pairs is what we like to call them. Um, but yeah, they they invested a lot up there with the Dr Pepper centers, the Star yeah. Centers, and those areas are all around there, and that's where a lot of that growth happened from. So that is a good thing to see. But Kevin, three teams that you consider pretty decent teams. And the stars come away meh with it. So that was kind of rough. This is rough. In yeah. the last, out of the last four, I guess you had four teams that you're like, okay, there's some there's some toughies here, and they come away losing three of those four. Now, Corey, you weren't here on Friday. Yeah, but... thanks a lot, man. Oh. Oh yeah, I was. I did nothing. What? I did nothing. Who would have ever thought sitting in a chair? for 12 to 13 hours is exhausting. would be so exhausting like you're just physically tired I, i'm i'm still getting over that wednesday so thanks a lot guys you're well, welcome at the buffalo awesome. wild wings in addison we were tracking the iowa nebraska game because at 25 and a half points it was the lowest over under in college football history by the way the lowest four all via this iowa team this year they still hit the under with Iowa winning 13 to 10. That's a stupid number. Is so they hit the under on the lowest over under in the history of college football. Do both of those teams need to go in for Wanker of the Weekend? By the way, one's in the championship game of their conference. I know. Like eight people. That didn't mean this weekend it was good. 
Eight no, people <laughs> stayed at the Buffalo Wild Wings so we could watch the end of that game. I love game those moments, Because dude. we just wanted to see what was going to happen. I love I love whenever you find some uh, stupid reason to be in on a game like that or any kind of game uh, where it's like every, nobody can get up from their seats because they are glued to it. Even yes. if it's a if it's a look, these two teams are scoring the most points ever. Or who will will they ever break the the the, the lowest points ever? I like that That's for fun. a conference championship game. I'm looking at the highest spread besides the Michigan game. Texas is favored by 14 over Oklahoma State. Iowa you hear that game on KRLD. They must expect Iowa to lose 24 to nothing because the spread is 23. <laughs> Against hey, Michigan, you can hear that game right here on the fan, and you can. Also I, it's hear it's the kind of SEC championship game. It's here kind of fan. fun to follow. If I had to make you guys guess, because I do have it pulled up, what do you think the guess is of the over under in the Michigan Iowa championship game, seven p.m. here on one hundred five three? The fan, thirty six points. I was going to say thirty five. Yeah, oh, you guys are right. I go thirty five and a half. Yeah, thirty five and a half. Wow, that seems like an easy bet. Look at us go. <laughs> they're gonna, they're not gonna score. I was not gonna score. So now the, the the like, I would bet this multiple ways. I'm not a gambler. I don't have a bookie or anything like that. Is I would bet. I would parlay. Why do you look at me like that, Kevin? You're kind of his bookie. <laughs> I would parlay Michigan minus twenty three and the under. Okay. I don't think I was gonna score. So now Man, that, I'm. That so now the over under is, is really Michigan scoring over 35. But if they score 35 and win 35 to zero, I still win everything. <laughs> That's that is true. Now, believe it or not, not even close to the worst thing that happened in college football. Well, I guess this weekend, depending on your perspective, right? Some people probably thought this was amazing. If we can fire off cut number 16 right here. Wanker of the weekend surely has to be the Auburn defense. They had a 99.9% probability to win this game. It's fourth and 31, essentially, for Alabama on this play. But there's a lot of airspace to cover for Milrow. Still looking. Firing. Near corner. It's caught! Touchdown, Alabama! Isaiah Bond on a fourth and a mile. So do you know what they were celebrating there for that game? Did you watch that game? Yes. Did you see what they were celebrating the 10-year anniversary of? Oh, the kick six? The field goal. Yeah, the field goal that was short that Auburn returned 109 yards approximately or 108 yards what I'm is like, more amazing to you, that or giving up a fourth and goal from the 31? I think fourth and goal from the 31 because of this. You have 11 defensive players out there. When you miss a field goal and they they have in somewhat of a punt return team, you don't have your special teams players. You don't have gunners. You literally have a punter, a kicker out there, because I'm assuming the person holding the extra point or the, sorry, the field goal is the punter. So you have a punter and kicker who can't tackle. You have seven offensive linemen who can't really run and tackle. And then that leaves you with two guys that are maybe athletic enough and fast enough, maybe four at best, to chase a guy down. And so when you miss approximately 60-yarder and the dude 
catches it and they have more of a punt return team in than a field goal block team, I think you can be in big trouble in that situation. You shouldn't be in big trouble with your real defense out there, your kind of prevent defensive guys out there to make sure they do not catch a ball in the end zone or catch a ball at, say, eight yards away from the end zone and run it in for a touchdown. I, I've never seen uh, my Twitter timeline explode <laughs> the way that it did whenever Auburn screwed that game up. Was like that amazing. was that was that was the fa- the best moment was I just pulled up Twitter and it's just everybody's going oh no Auburn and I was just like oh my gosh I love it it was I mean I hate it for them oh so you're rooting for Alabama. I'm not rooting for Alabama by any means I, I like it in this sense oh, no. it makes the Georgia Alabama game mean a whole bunch yep. yeah if Auburn upsets Alabama. I'm not an Alabama fan. I don't hate Alabama. I don't love Alabama. They can't get any other way. Right. I just think that it makes it really cool. So that game now becomes almost a play-in game. Maybe Georgia's in no matter what. But it does feel like that is a playoff play-in game where if Georgia loses, they're in big trouble to stick around. Maybe they're in, but Alabama still has a legitimate chance if they win that game, if they beat Georgia. I think they're in the Final Four. And then I know that's going to infuriate Texas people who are like, hold on just a minute. We beat Alabama. Why are we not in the college football championship then or the playoff then? I don't know. Do you want to go to another kind of fun story or a very not fun, very serious wanker of the weekend? Oh, let's go with uh, another fun story. Okay. I will always choose fun, choose fun stories. The North Carolina State head coach has, man, he's been on a bit of a roll. Is He said after they beat North Carolina State, beat North Carolina it's been several years, I think maybe seven, since they beat those pieces of S. Which, I get it, it's a rivalry and everything like that. But what's really caught people's attention is he has asked for 5,000 fans to donate $1,000 a piece so they can recruit, retain, and develop. So he's like, we need $5 million. Mm-hmm. And then he says the coming week is maybe the worst week in college football with the portal opening. Here's where I'm conflicted, though, Corey. Send your time. Because I don't want to dump on this person because he and his wife also donated $1.25 million a couple years ago for a special needs program at NC State. So on the one hand, I don't like him going, all right, fans, need you to give me $5 million so we can go get some players. But on the other hand, he has put a lot of money into the special needs community. So... I don't know. I, I'm very so conflicted. It's interesting because he's asking fans to donate $1,000. When you usually ask some a bunch of your donors that have a lot of that money that, that they're likely to spend. Yes. Right? Like, they are likely sure. to spend, and you're asking fans now to be part of that. And you wouldn't you ask a company that's going to benefit from that because they have a lot of money to work with. So that is that is because he's kind of trying to put some of the fans on the spot. Will he try and blame them for losses in the future? Look, <laughs> yeah. y'all didn't give us the thousand dollars. I asked for it, and y'all didn't give it to us, and so we can't get these players. And I think a lot of fans are probably sitting there going, "Hey, man, just because we give you the thousand dollars doesn't mean we're going to get the product that you guarantee." Look what happened at A and M with Jimbo Fisher. Did we not win multiple national championships? No. But we just got one, right? Zero. We were at least in the playoff, right? No. 
that part. That, that, part one, that part we did get ripped off. There on. was one year there where you probably could have. Yes. But a more deserving team, I bet, got in. Probably no. better they didn't get in. No, <laughs> it was not better that they didn't get in, Mike. It was definitely not. It's the All system. Right. Now we have to get to the other thing that... Can I throw one out real quick, Kevin? Yeah. There was a there was on the Ohio State Michigan broadcast. Let's uh, wanker the weekend is graphics department uh, because they said Marvin Harrison Jr. was two hundred and fifty eight pounds. Oh, good. At six four, and I'm like, that's linebacker, baby. Yeah. Uh, but two hundred and fifty eight pounds. I don't believe that that is how much he weighs. It feels like it's probably about like forty pounds <laughs> less than that. Give yeah, or take. somewhere in that range. Maybe, so. man. Yeah. Is it, it took over social media and it is actively being investigated. Have you seen the stuff about Josh Giddy? Oh, yeah. I saw you it. let me see yeah, it Friday. I, I, I saw it Thanksgiving. I pulled morning, out, yeah. I opened up some more uh, cards from um, RJ Dukes. RJ Dukes. I was like, yeah, I got a Josh Giddy base card. That's pretty good. And you're like, hey, might not be pretty good. And I'm like, I think he's a pretty good player. Like, he's. He's, you know, he's not awesome. He's probably not an all-star, but he's a good player. You're like, no, 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 no. And then that's when you inform me of the story. Yeah, so per multiple sources, the NBA is looking into allegations that Josh Giddy had an inappropriate relationship with a minor that has emerged via social media. So there's all kinds of videos and stuff of them together. And there's a video of him in the background and this gal with the tag, I just effed Josh Giddy. Mm. And if she is, you know, 20, 22, like whatever, then you don't want your personal business probably out in the world like that. But other than that, he'll be okay. But the accusation that's been floating around social media that the NBA is currently investigating is that girl was a junior in high school Mm. when that went down. And if that's the case, I mean, and we've seen, I mean, any number is alarming. But with Wander Franco, with Josh Giddy, these are like, Pretty high-profile athletes yeah. that are in the midst he's, of these investigations. Josh Giddy's a max-out guy. When he becomes a free agent, he's going to get the max contract in the NBA. I mean, a lot of guys do. When you're that good, he will. I'm not saying he's one of the 20 best players in the NBA, but he's a max-out player. This is going to be he, – he's still playing. Yeah. He is not suspended at all. He's still playing. And then I was watching a YouTube on this, so I don't want to state this is factual. It sounded like he didn't break any Oklahoma state law. Okay, I don't. I have to admit, I'm not. I'm not either. But for some reason, I was watching a YouTube, and so this is this is a weird consent. This is is, yeah, the age of consent is different in Oklahoma than what we would think, and so. And then uh, then, what does the NBA do? It is is sixteen. And then they looked at Australia. Uh, Isn't that that's where he's from? Yes. And in Australia, it's similar. Now it doesn't matter. It didn't happen in Australia, but what they're trying to say is these. The person that I was watching on YouTube is these were the rules that he knew of in Australia. I don't know if he knows the rules in Oklahoma or not. And and so that's the thing is, like, let's just say she was 16 and the NBA was like, well, this doesn't violate laws. But you're like, hey, our 21-year-old superstar was hooking up with a 16-year-old. I feel like you'll definitely get some backlash from that. So I I am curious to see how the investigation goes, and then there are some allegations that this was a prior relationship that wasn't even happening like right now when she's a junior in high school. So there is a lot that the NBA has to sift through, and I know people are going to say, 
no, 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 this is the fact, this is the fact, is yeah. hopefully we will learn the facts, because I yeah. don't think a lot of people I, know. I want to make it clear, I am not defending Josh Giddy at all. I'm just bringing up, as Corey's looking up rules and laws, this could get really weird yeah. with the NBA uh, on what they do, because he might have not violated any Oklahoma state laws. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, no matter how you slice it, it's... It's a bad deal. Bad deal all around. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy and the doink that undoubtedly made Mike's weekend better. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now, it's time to go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Dip. And let's start with that very game right there, Mike. What was your level of nerves when the 58-yard field goal went up and doinked off the crossbar? I was like, this is right down the middle. And he missed one earlier because I was watching that game. It was like from... A little outside of 50 yards because I think the guy who was kicking hasn't made a field goal over 50 yards in his career because oh, their real kickers hurt. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're, they're using a backup in Houston. And I just thought to myself, man, Jacksonville, you guys play okay or good. I have no clue how they were seven and three going into that game, watching them play. And now they're eight and three. They are tied for the second best record. The only record that's better than them is Baltimore at nine and three and they play Cincinnati on Monday night football without Joe Burrow. So they're probably going to get to nine and three. And I watch that game and I just go, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is playing as well as I'd like for him to play. He's good. Not great. And I thought he would be great this year. He's not part of an MVP conversation at all yet. They are eight and three and they got a good chance to win 12 or 13 games this year in his third year. And his first year almost didn't count because they had Fingers Magoo coaching him, <laughs> who's a horrible NFL coach. <laughs> that would be Urban Meyer. And so <laughs> it's just like. Oh, my God. It took me a minute, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like his rookie his year almost doesn't count up. on how bad of an organization they had. So in his second year with real NFL coaching, <laughs> He has a good chance to win 12 or 13 games, yet I don't watch Trevor Lawrence and go, uh, he's great. He's just good. I watch C.J. Stroud. He's not great yet, but I, I see the potential. The potential is yeah. so good, right? Right now, he's good. He's not great. His rookie year is great. Yes. But his overall, ranking him as a quarterback in the NFL, you're like, good, and looks like he's going to be great. And you're like, Trevor Lawrence, good, but I thought by now he would be great. But I, they won. I they am- did. I have a friend who is a huge Texans fan, and he he came away from that game, Kevin, saying that the refs screwed them over on about 10 different plays. Oh, the, sure. the fans and were getting all upset. By the way, did they even sell out that too. building? <laughs> sell out, Houston. I, I will say this, though. I'm still, like, that is, that is the, they are going to be a very good team. As they continue to add to what they are doing, they have the quarterback. Now, if they can just add a couple more things defensively, they are going to be a very good football team, the Houston Texans. And I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think here's where I am, Mike. They are a one playoff win team, and that's probably where it'll where it'll stop. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment on that because I want to 
put that tomorrow and ask all the football okay. questions just to give you a little okay. bit of a preview. How weak now is the possible quarterback playoff scenario in the AFC? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's kind of just a preview of where I'd want to go with this conversation, but I think it's a better conversation for Mike ask all the football questions. All right, to answer okay. that question right now, though. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Back to you, Kevin. All right. That's how we tick off Kevin. Because if you would have done that, if you would have had a five-minute conversation on that, I'd be like, well, I can mark that off the list for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is All right, let's go from that. If you missed it earlier... Frank Reich was, in fact, fired. I guess not that surprising, especially since their owner was stomping around after the game, yelling the F word and stuff like that. So Okay, so which is fine. Here are a number of, of things I think are at play here. The good news is, is the Bears get the pick. Yeah. The the, <laughs> the Panthers the Panthers are a miserable football team. All right. Like that's yeah. that's a simple fact. And it probably hurts that CJ Stroud is doing so great. I do believe Ben Johnson was a name that they wanted. Uh and that was the, Huh? Olympian. Uh, the coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah, he's actually doing really well. And he's doing great. He just, he decided to stay back, right? And I wonder if there was a conversation of, I don't think your team's built for it yet. You don't even have a quarterback, you know, in that offseason. And I do wonder if there was some, if there is some allure to the future of that. Frank Reich's offense is miserable, all right? Like, that's, that was a reality. We talked about that going into the game, how bad, like, just watching the way that they didn't do motion. They were slow. What they designed for that was bad. And Frank Reich up in Indianapolis, they weren't great anyway. They were always a quarterback away. And Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers didn't help that either. He, I, I think he got a lot of shine from them winning the Super Bowl uh, with Doug Peterson. And it hasn't panned out since he has left the Philadelphia Eagles. But I do think that there is some promise for that job, but the GM and the, the head coach have to get on the same page very fast and start adding the elements that are going to make that a better team. Otherwise, it's going to be stuck where it is. Now, let's go from that to the Denver-Cleveland game. Denver was victorious 29-12, to which, by the way, I might have to sign that apology form I when, do. when Denver was just the drizzling S. And now they've been rolling up there. But, Corey, do you care more about that? Or do you care more about the fact that 29 to 12 for the 1,081st time in NFL history? That, my friends, is Scorigami. Look at that, man. I, I like Scorigami. <laughs> hey, the. I feel like every week there's a Scorigami. Dorian Thompson Robinson and Russell Wilson had both had 134 yards and one touchdown. Whew, what a beating of a game. Yeah. I, know, I know it's 29-12, but that is a beating. But, yes, you're right. Denver wins. They add Scorigami to our world. They did. I did see the uh, ESPN headline this morning that said, are the Denver Broncos the hottest team in the NFL right now? And they have won football games. I'm not going to say they're the hottest right now, but they're starting to believe that they can be. They've won be. five in a row, right? They're starting to believe that they can be a good football team. And it took Sean Payton a minute to get everything that he wanted installed, but – I mean, beating the Chiefs and the Bills and the Browns is pretty pretty good feather to put in the I hat. think I was wrong on – I mean, Sean Payton's doing a much better yes. job than I thought. They, they're still limited on what they have future-wise because of the Russell Wilson contract slash trade, because of the Sean Payton trade. So it's tough to see how much better they can get with limited assets in the draft and limited assets in, in a kind of salary cap. But 
Uh, Sean Payton is doing a hell of a job. Congratulations to him. I was wrong on Sean Payton coming back with Russell Wilson. I thought it was going to be kind of a 5-12 and 12 year, and it's not. And props to them for swinging around a season in which it looked like they were ready to sell. And everyone, like myself included, was like, see, I told you this wasn't going to work. Well, and, and I guess, Kevin, is that is that one of those things where look at the Cowboys right now. Their offense did not look, whether you want to say that Dak went and said, we're changing it back to this old offense, which I completely disagree with. But if, Oh, you need to tell Bobby. And man. that's fine. The, but like if you, if maybe we just need a little more patience with some of these things whenever the that's, NFL, yeah. A, has a, a very little preseason uh-huh. reality to it. And B, the amount of practices and practice time they actually spend is dissipated. It's not there anymore. It doesn't start at the beginning of the season anymore like it used to. Now you kind of have to wait for gradually middle of season before the good teams start to change. And again, you go back to a couple of these different teams that have taken on these new lives. Sometimes it takes a little time. Maybe be patient sometimes. But I know patience doesn't always work out. Did you get a chance to see... Like for the Jets, it's not going to work out. That is true. Did you see Ludacris celebrating 50 years of hip-hop by coming down from the ceiling at the Atlanta Falcons what? game? What? Are you serious? Yeah, did you really not see I did not see this. It, it well, makes this. sense. He's in that Fast and Furious stuff, right? Well, I mean, so he's also an Atlanta guy. Come down with he's him. also an Atlanta guy, so. <laughs> and, you know, does some of that hip-hop stuff. like? <laughs> but it was at the end of the third quarter, I'm almost positive, that would have scared the crap out of me. Is It's not your halftime performance, but just all of a sudden at the end of the third quarter, whoop, here comes Ludacris. And I would have thought, why is somebody dropping down from the ceiling? Are we all in danger? And it's just Ludacris spitting his rhymes. This is awesome. He does that song. <laughs> Love it. Dun, 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 dun. That's him, right? Roll out. Roll yes. out. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, dude! The, I just like the uh, the GoPro camera, <laughs> the GoPro camera, and it's like in some corner of the stadium. It's I've not like they dropped out the middle of the stadium either. It's like over off, like you said, right above some fans. So you'd be alarmed, right? If all of a sudden it's like, if I was standing next to you at the game and you go, "Holy crap, it's ludicrous!" and you just point it up in the air, you would think you, it kind of reminds me. Remember that night in Carolina, Kevin, where they had that cat that was stuck from the like it was hanging yes. on for dear life. That's this is kind of what this video is reminding me of right now i could see that but yeah so he he rolled out they got a big win Roll out. and 24 15 over the saints so congratulations ludicrous i watched that some of that game because that was the fox game for noon getting ready for the cowboys playoff game honestly yes yeah. and i'm like these teams are horrible like the cowboys <laughs> will tampa bay them remember last year yes. i can't remember the final score it felt like 40 to zero <laughs> against tom brady as he ducked his head and threw it in the end zone for an interception i was like it's over is um, that's a horrible division. And the Cowboys most likely are going to be the five seed, most likely play the South division winner. And those were two teams competing for it. And I'm like, they both stink. Kevin, I know, and I don't know how, like CJ Stroud, we look at him and we go, the trajectory is far for him, right? Like there's going to be so much good for CJ Stroud later down the road. For Bijan Robinson, this is where you said this about Luca. Yeah. He, for right now, I look at Bijan and I'm going, these are pro ca- pro bowl caliber numbers he's putting up week yeah. in week out and maybe he was the most ready to be like just in, insert into That's the NFL. True. I don't know how much more how much further he can go up. I don't know what his ceiling is going to be. Because the interesting thing with that analogy, right, is I was wrong about that. Yeah. And so I'm sure Bijan and I'm sure the Falcons are like, "No, no, 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 no. You just wait. He'll hit like 
about a thousand yards this year, give or take. And then they're like, but watch. He'll hit 15, 17. Yeah, I'm very interested to see the future because right now you're just like, wow, he walked into the NFL like I'm here and I've been here for a while. Yeah, no, and five yards a carry, I think something along those lines, pretty darn impressive. Did you see NFL Red Zone had to evacuate because of a fire alarm in the midst of, you know, the things? Scott Hansen stayed on air in studio and said, thankfully, there was no fire. <sighs> But we've been on air Multiple in the times. past yeah. when the fire alarm has gone off and we've all kind of looked at each other and been like, I don't see people running. Do we need to go? Well, the, usually or? there was nobody here, Kevin, because it was at night true. and nobody else is in the building except for our friend Rachel down the hallway. Like, that was about it. Um, but I think the most important thing is the Tolos and the Twolos out there, at the time there were no Twolos. Right. Because it just had to be Tolos. That's true. They rely on us for important information right in this world and so i think that was kind of our 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 whole point was we'll stay in this building as long as it takes to make sure the tolos get their information why'd the fire alarm go off i don't know i don't know if we ever got those questions answered nobody knows that's a little concerning right if we hadn't been in the building would anybody would the fire alarm have actually been going off who sings that song now it's just somebody that I used to know. Go TA. Yeah. Used to know. That's a good song. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we will talk with Dallas Cowboys Executive Vice President right. Stephen Jones. Maybe Corey will ask him what's his favorite song. That's what I hope happens next right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.